Welcome to In The Sixth Of It, Episode 3. This is a special episode on working with sports and arts academies. I hope you enjoy it. This episode was inspired by some questions which took place in the, the Facebook group um, and also links into some work I've done in the past few years with schools that have worked with sports and arts academies. Um, I suppose the starting point for this was a question of simply, can a sixth form work with a partner organisation to deliver um, a sports B-Tech where the external provider provides the sports B-Tech and the remainder of the provision is by the school sixth form? And the answer, of course, to that is yes. Um, but what that exact relationship needs some careful consideration and how we, we move into that needs careful consideration. And I'm going to look at this under four headings, contractual relationship, an internal fine financing arrangement, uh, internal funding distribution and pastoral administrative support. Uh, I hope this is a, a useful framework to, to begin this investigation. So if we look at the, the contractual relationship first. Um, first of all, you have to consider is this arrangement, is it a partnership or is it a subcontracting arrangement? A formal subcontract in ESFA terms brings with it additional responsibilities to the lead contractor, namely which is your school sixth form. It's going to require a legal agreement to be put in place and that agreement must meet the complex and detailed ESFA subcontracting regulations and will also involve you making reports to the ESFA about the working of the subcontracting regulation and, and arrangement. So some of the things you need to consider here are... Who is responsible for the recruitment of the learners? Uh, effectively, to avoid subcontracting, the school should have the final say on recruitment. If the school are doing the recruitment, if the school are having the final say, then it is difficult to actually argue that it, it is a subcontracting arrangement. <coughs> then what we have to look at is, does the sports academy, the, the the separate provider deliver all the teaching and learning or preferably for the sixth form is some part of it in some part of the qualification activity delivered at the home school or by home school staff at the sports academy again the more that is delivered and is the responsibility of the home school the less likely it is to be a subcontract agreement we then look at does the sports academy deliver all non-qualification activity or preferably is some part of that non-qualification activity delivered at the home school or again by home school staff at the sports academy. You will still be responsible for giving careers advice and guidance. You'll still be responsible for all those side of things. So actually you should be delivering some non-qualification activity. We then also need to look at what the administrative and pastoral care responsibility is. And in the main, I believe this should be delivered by the home school. Um, things such as individual support of a learner who's got particular problems, bursary adjudication, that has all got to be by the home school. And the policies that are within the home school must be applicable to all the learners that are actually on their role, whether that's within the sports academy or whether that is within the sixth form the home sixth form outside the sports academy activity and finally in terms of this contractual arrangement the home school must bear full responsibility for both the standards of the delivery of the provision and also as i said careers advice and guidance and also safeguarding so 
this isn't something you hand off all responsibility for. It is these are your learners. They are on your role. You are being funded for them and you have to have that responsibility, whether that is directly in terms of you delivering it or whether it is indirectly by the academy delivering it. So you need to have clarity. Is this a subcontracting arrangement? So if we look at the, the initial financing situation, the usual pressure to enter into sports academy is a desire to increase learner numbers, and that's usually set against the background of a falling role. So a school that is struggling to recruit learners looks around for partners to boost the learner numbers and increase the funding. But what you have to bear in mind as a homeschool is that your funding is on a lagged model, but the sports academy will require in-year payments. To meet these pressures, the homeschool will need to have financial reserves to deficit fund the first year and possibly part of the second year programme if, if we're looking at a, a two-year pathway for the learner through the, the sports academy. So effectively what we're saying is the learners that you were recruiting, say, in October 18, will be learner numbers in the 1920 allocation and their factors will be used for the 2021 allocation. It's effectively you've got a year's lag. So if you've got 30 extra learners within the sports academy, you're going to have to pay that provision to the sports academy out of your existing allocation. And if you've got a fall in role and your allocation is declining, your reserves are declining, that's when it becomes problematic. The one ray of hope in that is that ESFA do fund exceptional growth. However, the regulations on this are quite tight. Uh, you're looking at increasing your learner numbers by 15% approximately, and that that should actually be a minimum of 50 to 60 learners. ESFA don't specify each year what the thresholds will be, uh, just that they will review them. I'm giving these figures as the ones which are commonly in use. So again, if you're looking at exceptional growth, you should be looking at, is this going to have 50 or 60 learners to our numbers? Then we may be in a position where we can apply for additional funding within the year. But, but let's go through this process. Even if you make the case for growth and it's accepted by the ESFO, ESFA, this growth is funded in year as extra funding. But it is for that year only. They're not going to claw any money back. They're just going to give you an extra sum of money. But... They will not fund you at the full rate per learner that you have been earning for the remainder of your learners. The assumption here is you have your staffing levels, you have your infrastructure costs in place. This is just a growth of learner numbers. So you're probably going to get around 50% of your funding rate funded for that for those learners. Let's take a look at the timescale that we're, we're looking at as well. Um, they will wait until you have submitted your census in October before they will consider the situation. You then have to advise ESFA that you believe you have a business case. They will produce a template for you. You will produce additional evidence. And this entire process can take until end of February, beginning of March before the adjudication is reached. So effectively, you're going to have to cover around until the start of the Easter term, say, before you get that 50% extra funding. You'll be back paid for the the part of the year that has, has passed, and then you'll be paid additional monthly payments for the remainder of the year. So even if you have exceptional growth, you still need substantial reserves to finance this new provision and ensure you don't get yourself into financial problems. You have to take a very careful cash flow approach to this, and it shouldn't be entered into lightly. We then get to the, the thorny problem of how you're going to internally distribute the funding. 
So for instance, how much of the learner's program money are you going to retain and how much is going to be paid to the sports academy provider? When I say sports academy, I also mean things like music academies can, can work on this because if somebody's producing a music technology course, it, it can work in this, the same way. So you need as part of your agreement to have a clear process for the distribution of those funds. So on census day, you will need to identify all the learners who are going to your academy and create an internal funding record, which will be based on the size of their study program, program converted into funding bands, any core aim uplift from the academy program. If it's sport, this will be one. If it is music or drama, then as the vocational core aim, then the uplift will be 1.2. You need to calculate the disadvantage uplift based on the learner's postcode, any block two prior attainment disadvantage funding that the learners attract, and the area cost uplift. This then will give you a theoretical funding for the learners who are within the academy programme and you have to then negotiate the distribution between the home school and the academy. This might not be as simple as just handing over a lump sum of money. The learner may have an additional A-level that they're doing with you. They may have GCSEs that they're doing with you in addition to that programme. So you need a mechanism that splits the cost. It, it can be quite simple. It can be £6.66 an hour that is delivered by the Sports Academy, which is the, the core rate. It can be another mechanism where you look at the total number of qualification hours and split the funding that way. It can be something negotiated in between. The six forms that I've worked with in this programme, we've had three or four different approaches and that's dependent on the, the commercial position. But you have to be aware that this is a negotiation process. And one thing to remember is you're going to need a mechanism to put, put in place to claw back funding from the sports academy where the learner doesn't complete the programme and his class is not retained. How are you going to handle that? Is that going to be an end of year adjustment or are you going to pay based on the number of learners attending the sports academy each month? If you look at the pastoral and administrative support, we need, first of all, some clarity on the roles of the home school in terms of uh, pastoral support, how they're going to administer the bursary fund applications. And also you're going to need to know how the academy is going to provide administrative information to the home school on, with regards to attendance, progress, and particularly any changes on the course that the learner is doing. This is vital if that course is a core aim because if they shift the course that they're studying, don't advise you, you don't change it. The learner for technical reasons could be classed as non-retained when in fact they are, uh, and that will create a whole host of problems going forward. So in conclusion, where, where are we? It can be beneficial for an academy to work in connection with the school sixth form, deliver this additional provision, but it does require significant planning and resource from the home school to effectively deliver it. I hope at a time when lots of schools are thinking about this, it becomes useful for you to use this framework when making the decision, is it the right thing for us? Have a good day.